Tilk, you've been unconscious for three weeks. That is not possible. My symbiote would have awakened me long before the period of three weeks. You were barely alive, Tilk. With substantial internal injury. Dr. Fraser spent most of the three weeks at your side. I'm convinced it was her refusal to give up that kept you alive. I'm in your debt, Dr. Fraser. General Hammond, permit me to return to this planet to search out my friends. Welcome back to Stargate Weekly. I'm Thad Haight. I'm Stuart Hollis. This week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 22, Out of Mind. I'm sorry. I have failed the pod. I have no bad joke. Yeah. So you would say that the joke you tried to come up with is out of mind? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even begin to say that. That's... Have you gone loopy? <laughs> Wacko. Yeah, no, you know, like you, you, you told me what episode it was, and I just froze. Okay. Because they were cryogenically frozen. Oh, yeah, okay. So our synopsis from TV Guide. Mm-hmm. O'Neill awakens in strange surroundings and is told that he has been frozen for nearly 80 years, and the rest of the SG-1 team is long dead. All right. It's less a synopsis and more a here's what happens in the cold open, but all right. Which was a crazy short cold open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Stargate Wiki is more of the same, although it does, after it says the same thing that you just said, just more verbosely, it also says, however, he has suspicions that the SGC personnel is hiding something from him, which he later finds out is a planned ghouled invasion of the SGC and Earth. Is it, though? Yeah, I don't recall that. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a handy dandy like holographic TV to appear out of thin air as I try to think back on the episode, but I'm pretty sure that Hathor didn't tell us about a planned invasion of Earth. Yeah, nope. I definitely don't remember that. Yeah. So when does TV Guide say this aired? On your birthday. Nice. Yes. Uh, that's March 11th for people who don't know. I. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You forgot when I was bored. TV Guy says it aired on March 12, 1999. <laughs> okay. The day after my birthday. Uh, <laughs> the Stargate Wiki says it aired three days after your birthday. Assuming I know when your birthday is. Uh, and it says February 10th, 1999. Hmm. I always get your birthday wrong. And I think part of it is that I remember always getting it wrong. And so I like quadruple guess myself. And then it's like, yeah, that's what it is. The 12th. <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why the 12th is in my head. Like doesn't matter. This was sto- The story was by Jonathan Glaster and Brad Wright, who we have talked about before. 
and was directed by Martin Wood, whom we have also talked about before. We it feels like st- on Stargate we have less random people coming in and doing stuff than we do on Star Trek. You're probably right. Um, Brad Wright, as it were. Ha <laughs> ha. Nice. In other languages, we have no one else calls it out of mind. Interesting. The Spanish call it from the bottom of the mind. Less interesting. I'm, I suspect perhaps out of mind is not an expression in other languages. Uh, the Czechs call it question of memory. Hmm. The Hungarians call it awakenings. Hmm. The Italians call it trapped. Uh, the... Hmm. Yeah. The French call it after a long sleep. Okay. And the Germans call it Lion's Den. Part one. Okay. Is this gonna be, like, another five-parter from the Germans? <laughs> it's possible. I think I like the Spanish one the best. I kind of like the French after a long sleep. Eh. It's interesting that no one calls it the same thing as anyone else, though. Yes, that is. That is interesting. But speaking of coming after a long sleep, mm-hmm. why were they actually frozen? S- to make it realistic? They've never been frozen before. They don't know what being awoken from a cryogenic sleep feels like. Like they could have just they could have just doused them, laid the, like you know laid them down on these weird bed pod things, spritzed them down, and been like, "You've been cryogenically unfrozen." Like, why were they actually frozen? I have no good answer for you. <sighs> okay. Did you feel that the that the female doctor was kind of like just a tiny bit a discount Jillian Anderson? No, but I definitely felt that she was disconnected and evil. Mm. I looked her up because she seemed familiar, uh, other okay. than being ever so slightly like Gillian Anderson. Uh, right. Uh, and no, she's not familiar. I- IMDb lists this as one of the roles she's known for. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So you know who is hella familiar, though? Mm? Tom Butler, who plays the fake general. Yeah. He's been in all the things. Oh, yeah. Including the Dead Zone. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Yeah. And also Dead Like Me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Speaking of oh, yeah, this is another episode where Jax does this trademark oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when they're explaining the cover story to Jack, mm-hmm. it doesn't really make any sense to me. What? Like, which which part of it? Okay, so it's 80 years in the future. 79, but yes. And their only hope is a mysterious alien that froze Jack once? 79 years before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That also, yes. Like, just the idea that they are still at war with the Gould after 79 years... It boggles the mind. Right. Like, either we'd be dead or they'd be dead. Like, we don't... Like, unless it's on drugs, we don't wage 80-year wars anymore. Spoiler warning, the war only lasts eight years. Oh, against the Gould, not drugs. Right. (laughs) No, that one's lasted a little longer than eight years. (laughs) Yeah, we'd like to congratulate drugs for winning the war on drugs. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, to be fair, drugs was always going to win. <laughs> yes. But... Yeah, there there's a lot about this that doesn't square with me. Like, for example, why are the fake SG teams still wearing 1999 camouflage patterns? Mm. I do kind of like the shiny uniforms, though. They're weird. I, 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 I don't care for the fact they have two pockets on one side and no pockets on the other side. You know, like... Asymmetry? I don't have a... Like, if it was two pockets in one pocket, that'd be fine. But no pockets at all on the one side? Person know. in the field, they gotta have pockets, man. They can't always be carrying the big old rucksacks. They could. Not if they don't have any pockets to hold the rucksacks. <laughs> it's just rucksacks all the way down. So, if we hearken back to season one. Oh god, must we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> must we hearken? <laughs> yes, we must hearken. And we were talking about Hathor. And we speculated what the pink dust was. Yes. Turns out it's an organism. Interesting. How does she exude it? Uh, with that, we don't know. <laughs> but she Excellent. says... You think that we would go to these lengths if you were not already immune to that organism? So I guess it like it's a one-and-done sort of thing. Well, the body gets immunity. But that's... Yeah, we get a callback to that. Yeah. So do you think that the fake general and the fake doctor were Gould? Or not Gould, Jaffa? They could have been, but they could just have easily just been human servants. Yeah. I did notice when Jack uh, like pinches off his anesthetic tube uh-huh. that no one notices isn't flowing bright purple, uh, he, he overhears them talking in Gould, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whatever that language is. Not English. Right. It reminded me a lot of any time that someone in the Federation tries to speak Klingon. <laughs> yes. So what do you remember from the episode when clips weren't happening? Well, since you and I both watched this episode a couple weeks ago, most of it. Before that, okay. yes, a lot before of Before that, silly Billy. The question's always, what do you remember this before the most recent time you watched it? <laughs> well, the most recent time I watched it was today. I don't like you at all. <laughs> um, I remember most of it, like the specifics of the fake gold story or mm-hmm. Hathor's machinations. But I remember that it's the fake future and that it's really Hathor trying to learn stuff. I saw... I don't know if it was the teaser image from Hulu or wherever. For It was either for the season three premiere or this one that has Hathor just like right there, front and center. I hope it's the season three premiere. Right. But like, if I like discount that piece of knowledge, I didn't remember much of anything at all about this episode. I mean, I think I like vaguely remember that it was a clip show. It's possible that I usually skip this one, mm-hmm. um, because not a lot happens. No, and season two's ending. If we look at the past three episodes, actually, no, better yet. So let's go back to Serpent Song, mm-hmm. which feels like the beginning of the end of the season. Right, it does. We get introduced to this new bigger bad. The current big bad dies ish. Um, but then, you know, our ne- our episode after that is One False Step, which has nothing to do with the larger Gould arc 
not even a little bit. Like, like, yeah. like there's like there's no way to tie anything in it back into the larger Gould arc. The same applies to 1969. Yeah, exactly. The exact same applies to 1969. Uh, show and tell feels like maybe it. it yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if if out of mind somehow involved the Ritu. Mm. Yes. And not Hathor. Why the heck is Hathor back? Or if it involves Sokar and not Hathor, why is Hathor here? Hey, at least it's not as bad as Hathor. <laughs> <laughs> I know why Hathor was in Hathor. <laughs> right. What I'm saying is, even though Hathor is in this, it is not Hathor's worst episode. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, like it just... I can definitely, boy, this is such a unsatisfying end to this season. It is not at all that. pleasurable. Ooh, cross of the streams ends on an excellent cliffhanger, though. Like it does, and I appreciate how this handles the clip showness of it. That it like actually comes up with a real explanation for why we're seeing clips. I I mean I I felt like did you not think that politics. Gave a good enough reason for Politics showing clips. Politics was decent, but in this one, like, we're literally... The characters are literally watching clips. Yeah. No, I... Like, I agree. I'm just wondering... I don't know. Maybe I... I can't think of... Like, off the top of my head, I can't think of many examples of bad clip shows. I usually skip clip shows because, like, especially on a rewatch, it's like, I've seen all of this. I've seen it all. I've seen all this in the past 13 minutes. I'm not a big fan of Inquisition, which is the one where Atlantis is on trial. I mean, that's fair. But I, that may have less to do with it being a clip show than just the storytelling in that episode in general. Because mm. on that one, it's this like, weird... Th- yeah, anyway. Uh, we're, this is not the Atlantis podcast yet. And I also don't really care about the clips in Inauguration. I like uh, Kinsey being, you know, shot down. That's nice. Yeah. But I don't... The clips are meh. Okay. So when Teal'c gets woken up in this one, mm-hmm. I very briefly, especially when Hammond, when Teal'c was like, I need to go back to the planet, and Hammond was like, no! I, for a second, I was like, okay, how come the rest of the team didn't get fake General Hammond? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> also, I was expecting Hammond to say the same thing as fake future General. What, that it's been 80 years? Well, no, just relax, you're in the SGC. Oh, yes, that... Safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. <laughs> yeah. This is the first episode in which Daniel has short hair. For some reason, I had not, like, that had not clicked in my head. Like, Sam's hair looked shorter than usual. It was the same length last week before it started growing. Okay, so maybe it was just because it was, like, slicked back or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, by the end of last week's episode, they all had longer hair, but anyway... Yes. Uh, we'll accept Teal. Right. But this is the first episode where Daniel has shorter hair. It's especially jarring because Daniel is also not wearing his glasses this episode, so he looks, like, completely different. Is season three the season where he wears the bandana a lot? I mean, he he's already started. Has he? Uh, I don't think he started wearing the bandana yet. Maybe not. He mostly wears the floppy hat. That's true. I like Daniel with the floppy hat. Hold on, I will check to see if we have Bandana da- Bandana Daniel. Bandaniel? <laughs> yes, but Daniel. Yes, no, no, Bandaniel. Bandaniel. 
Yeah, you gotta gotta get that emphasis right. I also just mostly remember that like the box art for season three or season four has him in the bandana, has his like weird semi pouty like blue steel look on his face. It's very disconcerting. I don't care for it at all. No, no, it's definitely blue steel. You sure it's not La Tigra? It's not, it's not La Tigra. It's true. That's only used for footwear. Yeah, God. <sighs> Amateur. But why male models? You serious? I just... <laughs> Speaking of Daniel, I really enjoy when they wake up Daniel and they say what's going on. And Daniel's mm-hmm. just like, I have more questions, but that can wait. Yes. That was good. Yeah, he... yeah, yeah. I, I liked their dynamic a lot. Um, so, do you think when when Jack uh, wakes up Carter and, and gets her out, mm-hmm. and then they're wandering through the Gould hallways, mm-hmm. and they have to hide behind the column, and they're talking about, can we just remove these things? Talking about the memory neurotransmitter jibber-jabbers. Also, did you notice that Fake Doctor was using what looked like a nose hair trimmer to activate... The memory neurotransmitter thing? That. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Sort of like, uh, oh, geez. Which show was it that they used, like, painted ladies' razors as, like, their communicators? I have no idea what show that is. Oh, uh, no. This is like, a, this is, like, every so often you'll, find, you'll come across these, like, slideshows of, like, hey, here's, like, 20, like, wacky props or whatever. And that's that's one of them. Another one, like another one, they always show off is uh, the glowy tube thing that's been in like every Star Trek show ever. Mm-hmm. But it also shows up in a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, uh, armor reuse between Starship Troopers uh, and a lot of other things. Most notably, the first two, ep- the, the first ep- the train job episode of Firefly, which is either the first or second episode, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, it was the anyway. first aired episode, but it shouldn't yeah. have been. Yeah. So anyway, so getting back to them hiding from the Horus and uh, uh, serpent. Thank you, guards. Um, do you think their conversation was double entendre or just single entendre? I think single entendre. Yeah. Definitely felt a little bit of chemistry there, though. Well, I mean, yeah, there had to be. How else are you going to knock out somebody? Like, you gotta, you gotta have some solid chemistry. <laughs> so, in addition to this being the first episode with Daniel having short hair, this is yes. the first episode in which a ghoul is CGI. Are you sure? I thought there was one... The Stargate Wiki is sure, which doesn't really mean anything. I feel like... Oh, hold on. See, now I can't be sure if you and I had this conversation about another recent episode... Or when you and I watched this episode a few weeks ago. <laughs> I think it might have been when we watched this episode right. a few weeks ago. Because I definitely remember like us commenting like, boy, that's a fake looking gold snake. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, obviously, like, it's not like they are like real ones they can go off of. But the like the like the the, 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 the puppet, I guess you would call it. Puppet? I guess you would call it a model or puppet or whatever. Like, that looked so much better. Yes. But the CGI was cheaper, I'm sure. Once you made it, and then you can reuse it. Obviously, initial cost for the high. You can reuse the puppet? That's true. Anyway. They could probably like make it like wriggle more aggressively. Mm. Or something. It's not important. 
The CGI probably looks a little better on 90s TVs. I mean, maybe? Damn cost-cutting. I don't know how much cost-cutting that actually was. That, was, that looked like pretty state-of-the-art CG for 90s. I was alluding to the... I was bringing it back to the episode. I mean, we were talking about the episode. Uh, <laughs> when yeah, they're yeah, open, yeah, when they're yeah. opening the doors. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm out of notes, but I do have a list of what all happened in here. Do you have any more notes? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. All right. So when Teal'c wakes up, which we already talked about a little bit, mm-hmm. but mostly just to say that it also like felt a little fake at the time. But yes. they're telling him that he had been out for three weeks. He actually does remember the encounter that he went through. Uh So clearly whatever drugs had been administered to the rest of the team were really super effective and they didn't need to actually be frozen. But anyway, back to Teal'c. So Teal'c is saying there's no way at all that I could have been out for three weeks. My symbiote would have fixed this problem. Uh And they don't ever actually address... Like, why the symbiote didn't fix the problem faster, other than just that he was, like, really, really messed up? Yeah, and I think that's the thing. It's like, he was in such a bad state that not even the symbiote could heal it faster than that. Uh, Yeah, but, like, they don't, like, give us any details about the nature of that bad state. Yeah. Like, like, how bad of a state was he in? You know, like, like, give us something. Be like, you know, like, Teal'c, you were severely burned on 90% of your body. You only look this great. Right, you, know, you only look as good as you do right now because of the symbiote or whatever, you know, like radiation. I don't know. Like, come up with something anyway. But Hammond says that Dr. Frazier had not left Teal'c's side during those three weeks. And it was largely. He was convinced that it was her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her refusal to give up. And it's like, what is this? Yeah. No, I didn't like that either. Also, Doctor Fra- old Doc Frazier looked pretty good for someone who hadn't left the room for three weeks. Well, you know, she, she's a consummate professional. Hmm. Yeah, she's an officer and a, I guess, lady. Hmm. Gentlewoman? I don't think that... No, that's awkward. Yes. But I don't have very many other notes. This was a... The final minute of the episode I liked a lot. I yes. thought it was an excellent cliffhanger... Even if the fact that it was Hathor, of all people, doing this came completely out of left field. Hathor. Right. And this could have, like, it, it could have been any, uh, like, it could have been Apophis back. He's like, you know, this is my way of regaining power amongst the system lords. You, you know, you stinking Tori, and you've laid me low and said, no, I should do the same to you. It could have been Sokar. It could have been another Ritu clone human who was. It could have been a know, completely new cult. Yeah, if they really wanted to be like, look how many ghoul there are. Uh, sort of, yeah. I, I didn't care for the fact that it was Hathor. Uh, but the very ending of it, the cliffhanger that it ends upon, that I liked a lot. Uh, Teal'c just saying like, well, I'm out of here. And I liked the farewell. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole, you know, like a, like a lot of them like coming out, giving him the full salute. I mean, obviously I can give him a 21 gun inside the silo, but. <laughs> Could have been a 21 Zat salute. Yeah, that was all good. It just the rest of the episode, A, clip show, B, it kind of comes out of nowhere. I, I, it was fine. Was, yeah. This is not going on my top three. No. Nah. So, we talked about it being a clip show. Let's go over what those clips were. Bring it. All right. So, the first clip 
uh, we have a series of clips from The Knox. Yep. Where we show healing, disappearing, reappearing, etc. And we get a little bit of Armin Shimmering. Armin Shimmer, Armin Shimmerman, Armin Shimmering. Yes, that's what I meant. Yes. I, I do, in fact, know his name. I wasn't, you know, yeah, anyway. And then we get Thor's chariot with the Asgard taking out all of the gould on Samaria. Mm-hmm. And then we have the fifth race where Jack gets to talk to the Asgard on the Asgard home planet. Yep. And then we have a scene from Torment, uh, Torment of Tantalus where they talk about how it was the meeting place of those four races. Catherine agrees. Yes. <laughs> then skipping ahead a bit, we have Within the Serpent's Grasp. Mm-hmm. When Apophis is defeated, and also right. the Serpent's Lair. And then, to continue on from that, we have Serpent's Song, and... Oh, that's right, yes, we have Jack ineffectually shooting Harrower from Secrets. But then, you know, saying, uh, knife to see you. Yes, that was pretty good. Then we have Hathor. Mm-hmm. Being all hathor in Hathor. yeah. And then jumping ahead, we have we have another shot from the Serpent's Lair when Jack sees the corridors and it gives him a flashback. And then Sam has a flashback to message in a bottle when Jack is hurt by the alien probe. That's it? No more clips? That's all the clips. All right. This was a pretty story-heavy clip show. When you think about it, a lot of clip shows have more clips than story. This seemed to have slightly more story than clips. Yes, and I look forward to seeing how the story resolves at the beginning of Season 3. So we talk about things we remember. I remember exactly two things. from. The I remember episode. nothing from the next episode. Okay. So that next episode will be the first season of episode of Season 3, but we're not going to get to that quite yet. Next week, we're going to be recapping Season 2. Yes. Our highs, our lows, our yeses, our noes. Definitely not as deep lows as we had in season one. No. But no, 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 no. We'll talk I about mean... that more next week. Yes. All right. So thank you for listening this week. If you enjoyed this, you should check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer. Yes, you can find and review both on your podcast player of choice, and you can reach us at our email address, StargateWeekly at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. You can find me on Twitter at Gamicus. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. <laughs>